0: Never am a All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a little different. We got a collab episode going on, so it's Ivy Talks or Uncle Strip teaming up with the Verse Universe. My boy, Mister Strip, Mr. the other Uncle Strip. It's your, your both your uncles is coming at you live today. Okay, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Uh, So, today, me and Kyle are going to basically be going over the NFL draft and pretty much uh, giving analysis of maybe not every single team, but just kind of breaking down, especially we'll get to the Titans for sure, breaking down who won, who (laughs) lost, who kind of just stayed the same, and uh, just breaking down the NFL draft. So, Kyle, you want to kick us off?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the the draft was very eventful. It was a great weekend. I believe it was in Las Vegas, Nevada this year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it was pretty fun to watch. Um, a lot of big things happened. It, it kind of, the draft reminded me this year of a lot of the reflection of how free agency went this year. Very crazy and a lot of draft picks. Um, from the draft, we did see um, how important receivers are, you know, rookie receivers are, we're going left and right. Yeah, I thought I, I for a second there, I thought it was going to be cornerbacks. That was going to be kind of the theme of the draft just because we saw, uh, two c- cornerbacks, uh, uh, get drafted in the top five with sauce Gardner and, um, um, Stingley. And so when I saw that, I was like, wow, the corners are jumping off the board because no one really thought Stingley was going to be the uh, – what was he, the third overall pick or the second? Uh,
0: I believe third.
1: The third? Yeah. And so no one really saw that coming. Um, I, uh, I heard it around a little bit, but I didn't really believe it just based off of my draft grade I gave him and my film analysis and kind of the question marks when it comes to his durability and health. I didn't really think he was going to go that high, but he ended up going that high. And sauce Gardner went high. But um uh, yeah, that's kind of my, my take real big takes on uh the draft that I kind of pointed out and saw.
0: So I guess getting straight into it, who who for you, who won the draft? That's the big question after all the drafts each year. It's all about who won the draft.
1: Well, I understand when people try to compare and say who was the number one team who won the draft. I really don't agree with that. And I think most uh, draft analysis or or people wouldn't say someone's necessarily was the best and won the draft. I think it's whoever won the draft are the teams that got better after the drafts. But I will say every team you can – make a um, argument that they got a little bit better after the draft. But the thing is, did they get better and put themselves in a better position right away next year? Now, I understand teams that are in the rebuild mode. You know, most of those teams might not necessarily try to get better to win a Super Bowl next year from a draft, but they definitely try to um, – try to build a solid foundation so i mean the teams i really thought that one were the new york jets the uh kansas city chiefs the detroit lions the baltimore ravens and uh and the eagles those are the teams that i really feel like when i they really stand out that they made a lot of important moves that will uh boost their team up to be way better than they were last year
0: Right, right. So, um, looking up, you know, statistic. You know, I'm a statistical guy. The Baltimore Ravens are so like you. Said, Baltimore Ravens, Philadelphia Eagles are the top two uh, graded out teams. So they both grade out at A plus with their with their picks. Which the Baltimore Ravens had all the fourth round picks. I mean, you're talking they had what, six fourth round picks. And they all they, i mean they had a ton of picks all together uh for ball i want to just look at the baltimore ravens because um with the season last year they're they're kind of they were kind of a dicey team in terms of being consistently uh productive on and on, on offense but looking at their draft and then you know with uh what's his uh Marquise downtown hollywood brown <laughs> uh leaving a lot of questions were on what's offensively, what are they doing uh, with, to help out Lamar Jackson? And they, they didn't really go heavy offensively. In the uh, shout-out to Tyra Beatty. They, they drafted uh, Tyra Beatty, my boy from Missouri. He was actually there when I was there forever ago. But uh, he's the burning running back they picked up uh, with a trade in the sixth round from Philadelphia. But they, re- they went heavy defense, honestly. They picked up safeties, linebacker, defensive tackle, cornerback, Alabama, uh, another court, two DBs. They they went and they went pretty heavy uh, defensively. Uh, so wh- where do you think offensively they're they're going to end up going? Because they did pick up a, a couple tight ends, the running uh, running back Tyler Beatty, and they did pick up some uh, offensive linemen. Do you think they're going to try to work on developing what they have now at receiver at running back, or try to make some moves in the free agency?
1: Well, based off of their drafts. Um... I mean, the best-case scenario is the Ravens try to pick up uh, uh, Jarvis Landry in uh, yeah. free agency. That would be their best bet. But we all know that any receiver on the free agency market, and this has been historically accurate ever since Lamar Jackson's been the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, most receivers don't want to go to the Baltimore Ravens. It's a hard sell to a receiver and free agency to come play for the Baltimore Ravens because it's a run-first offense. Right. And there's just this stigma that Lamar Jackson's gonna run it before he passes you the ball. That that's just a stigma. But even we saw the video with Oliver Brown coming out, pretty much him saying, "Hey, you know, there's no bad blood between uh, uh, me and Lamar Jackson. But the reason why I requested a trade and wanted to be traded was because we're a run-first offense, and that is not play. That doesn't play to my strengths, and so." But in, in, even if you look at his statistics, Hollywood Brown had a 1,000-yard receiving season and missed five games and still had, I think, somewhere between 80 to 90 receptions. So my thing is, he's getting the ball a lot, and he has over a 1,000 yards receiving, but everybody's complaining, say, if you're a receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, you won't get any stats, you won't get any catches, they're just going to run the ball. But what my future, what I think the future of the Baltimore Ravens and what they're really preparing for and what I really see in this draft is that they're about to go and run the ball a lot next year. Um, They're about to run a lot of 12 personnel. They're about to feed their tight ends. I think they're just going to have Bateman on the outside. They're just going to feed the tight ends on play action. They're just going to run, 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 play action, hit the tight end up the seam with Andrews. And then now you have Isaiah Likely, which is a very athletic dynamic tight end. Um, and then you also have uh, Charlie uh, Kohler from a uh, Iowa State, which is he's a he's a really a red zone tight end, and he can block very well. So I really see them going thirteen personnel, twenty two personnel, uh, um, going twelve personnel, and just running the ball. That's their plan. That's what I really see the Ravens doing next year.
0: Ooh. You think? Well, that, that's that's tough. That is that is tough because. From what I've, seen, I don't know if they can pull that off, honestly.
1: But yeah, I mean, if you really look, um, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens. If seeing this draft, the Baltimore Ravens really added value. Look at Tyler uh, Linderbaum from Iowa. He's he's by far the best center. He's a generational talent. He's going to be a Pro Bowl center in one day. Oh yeah, the twenty fifth
0: pick. Yeah, yeah. He,
1: he he's going to be an amazing player and hands down, extremely smart. Has great uh, uh, movement and um has really good pad level. And when I watched this film, I was like, wow, this has been – this is one of the best centers I've seen in a very long time coming out of the draft. And so I really think with that addition and a lot of the addition with uh, Kyle Hamilton at safety, they're really just going to be like, you can't – you can't score against us. We're going to run the ball. I mean, this has been shown to win championships, win a lot of games. Look at the Titans last year. They just played really good. Bend, don't break defense play great defense, just don't turn the ball over and run the ball well. And that's what's gotten the Titans to the playoffs for five years straight. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's –
0: Controlling the game. Possession. Yeah, it
1: it, it can't – it's not it's not like it can't be – it's not a winning formula. It can be a winning formula. And the Ravens right. can do it. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL currently.
0: That's a great point. All right. So now – Moving on to what was the Eagles, hey, what what were your top five again? Because I want to go through and break down the, okay. the, 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 the teams you named that you believe got the best uh, production out of the draft and kind of just break those five down. And then we'll go to the other side and break down the teams that didn't really get too much better and just go from there. So you, we got Ravens.
1: So we got the Ravens. Uh, yeah, we can just move on to the Eagles. But I, really? had, I said the Eagles, New York Jets, the Chiefs, and the Lions. And, yeah, so pretty much with the Eagles, um, the biggest thing is I feel like the Eagles, their their draft was good and solid. I would say it's a very good draft, but it really took them to the next level, next level and really got overhyped to me. But I definitely think they deserve to be in the top five. But I think it is a little bit overhyped, mostly because of A.J. Brown trade. Um, That trade pretty much overshadowed their draft selections. So getting A.J. Brown is huge for Jalen Hurts. Honestly, I think the Eagles are doing an amazing job building around Jalen Hurts. And they really are positioning themselves to take over the Cowboys in the division. Um, Jordan Davis is is probably going to be one of the best defensive tackles um, in the league for a very long time. Um, Jordan Davis, and then Fletcher Cox learning under Fletcher Cox because Fletcher Cox is going to leave next year for the Eagles. Uh, His contract's over. He's very old. And then, like, I feel like the Eagles are – this draft pick shows that they're probably going to move away from Fletcher Cox next year. So, Fletcher Cox leaving. Having Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox. First of all, you're not going to run against this defense because you have Jordan Davis, and then they drafted uh, Dean – Nakobe Dean out of Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. So this is about to be the meanest interior defense. You're about to have the Dean at middle linebacker, Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox. I'm telling you, you're not being able, you're not going to be able to run against the Eagles. It's not happening. So I really think this draft made the Eagles better in every single aspect. Um, and so adding that extra weapon for Jalen Hurts at receiver. Now you have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, which is going to be a good one-two punch. Uh, You have a good running game, a good running game and rushing game because the Eagles were really good in the rush game last year. So with that, including now having some weapons for Jalen Hurts and then really uh, having now a great uh, run defense, I think the Eagles really set themselves up to give the Cowboys a run for their money.
0: Did you uh did you see anything on Kyron Johnson? Uh they have, they got a linebacker from Kansas that they picked up late as well, just adding on maybe more depth on that defense as well.
1: Yeah, I saw that as well. I'm going to be honest, I really haven't watched a lot of film of his. I cuz there's a few guys that in the la- in the later rounds, I really haven't watched all a lot of their film, which I'm going to do and I'm going to um, watch their film and, and give them a proper analysis. So going into next season, I kind of know a little bit more about him. But I mean, uh, he might he might be pretty good. Might be fantastic.
0: Our analyst on we got our analysts in the building, so <laughs> we're gonna move a little bit out of the, out of order, but it's just up next on my notes. Let's move to the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions had six picks: two first rounders, third round, a uh, two first rounders, second round, third round, fifth round, and a sixth round, and they are pretty balanced in terms of drafting offensively, defensively. Their first pick was obviously the defensive end, uh, Hutchinson from Michigan, stellar athlete. I mean, you're talking about I, – I honestly thought he was going to go first, but stellar pickup. And then they also went receiver, another DN at, at Kentucky, safety, tight end, linebacker. So they're trying to uh, build depth on offense and defensive. What's your take on the Detroit Lions?
1: So, yeah, the Detroit Lions, I think the Detroit Lions had an amazing draft. I mean, if you really look, their direction is great. Honestly, here's my opinion. I feel like the Detroit Lions are trying to prime themselves and prep themselves so when Aaron Rodgers leaves at the end of his career, he leaves the Packers, that they're the best team in the division because it is possible. Their division is very weak and... With Devontae Adams leaving the Packers, I still think the Packers are going to blow out everybody in that division just because that division is so weak with the Bears. You have the Lions and uh, uh, the Packers. And uh, with with all those teams um, in that division, I really don't see – it's really up for grabs. And right. so, like, they're really making a lot of moves to be the front runner when Aaron Rodgers leaves that division. But Aiden Hutchinson, yeah, like you said, amazing talent. And then uh Jamison Williams – yeah. Um, that, that is, and then they already have St. Brown, which was a huge late round success for them last year. And I really called that pick because last year I was saying he's an amazing receiver. Why is he not being picked up? And then he got picked up and having an ama- had an amazing season. I think he had 900 yards receiving, but having Jameis Williams too, um, we will see how he is at the beginning of the season. Cause he did have the ACL tear, yeah. um, last year in the title game. But I think it's really going to be uh, he's really I've seen videos of him in rehab. He looks pretty good already, and it, it's only been like four months. So I think by the time season comes around, he's going to be one hundred percent ready to go. And John Pascal is an un- underrated pick. I when I watched his film, he he's not a pass rusher like an elite pass rusher. He's not going to get you a lot of sacks in the season, but he's like he I when I graded him, he was the best rush edge rusher like a uh, defensive end. In, in the whole entire draft, as in, he, you cannot move him. He's not going to get pushed back. He's going to be great against the run. And so he he's probably going to be looking at, well, on the Lions, he might even start on the Lions, but he's a very solid backup, um, and he's definitely going to carry his weight. And then Kirby Joseph is an amazing pick. Kirby Joseph, I think, had the best ball skills out of any safety in the draft this year. Uh, if you really look at his tape, you just see him at free safety, ball hawking, like. I'm talking about this man is he I saw on his film he was in the middle of the field and he was like man-free and the and the uh quarterback put it in pretty much out of bounds and he came from the middle of the field and intercepted it. I was like, Yeah, he's he's a ball hawk. Like he's gonna go get the ball. So, like that's an amazing pick. Um, I really think I, I really think um uh, they did an amazing job pretty much building that solid foundation especially on the defense and then on the offense it's really like they really put went 50 50 on both sides of the ball that's why I give them so much praise because in the draft you really see teams go all defense or like they'll go all offense and drive only offensive players like I like how the Lions got really good value in defense and offense It was very balanced yeah it's great
0: all right Um, yes great point so and I, I mean, so far, I mean, I, I, I agree, pretty much agree, one hundred percent, with your, with everything you said. It's been some uh, smart moves by their organizations or their whoever's in terms, GMs and front office. So moving on. We're going to go to the Chiefs. Chiefs are interesting because we all know the Chiefs are as long as Patrick Mahomes there, they're a contending team in terms of Super Bowl potential. They had ten draft picks this year. Ten two, then they had one, two, three, four, five. They had five in the first three rounds, right? And with the Chiefs, they've gone, again, they're fairly somewhat balanced, but they went a little more defense to offense. But obviously, they're, they're bi- the biggest concern for the Chiefs was obviously Tyreek Hill uh, leaving, and you kind of lose your your bail you out receiver, a guy you can just throw a slant to. He's gonna get you 20 yards. Um, but they did pick up Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Um but the but they the first pick they picked up was actually a cornerback because uh they didn't re-sign uh they didn't re-sign Tyron Matthew even though he's more of a safety but they picked up a DB with their uh first pick and then they went defensive end with their second and they did get a sent the safety from Cincinnati a linebacker, and they picked up another corner and another safety. So they kind of did did go heavy on the defense. Do you see them uh, making a move uh, for free agency at receiver, or do you think they still work with um, what they have to try to make it? Because they're going to have to make up for the Tyreek Hill uh, trade.
1: Well, I think they're just going I just think they're going to roll who they have right now because, I mean, Sky Moore is – is if you look at his film, you only have to watch like 30 seconds of his film to n- understand what type of player this is because Sky Moore is going to replace Tyreek Hill. Now, you know, it's a big, pretty big, bold statement that he's going to be better or be the same as Tyreek Hill, but he's going to be a factor, a big factor. He, he really reminds me of Deshaun Jackson in his prime, like coming out of Cal. When I when I see Deshaun Watson's cow tape, I see Sky Moore as well. When I watch his tape and put it on, and with the having already having Travis Kelsey, having uh, Sky Moore now, and then having uh, um, Juju Smith Schuster, I think I think the um, Chiefs the Chiefs might go and try to get someone, but I really think they're gonna roll who they have now. Um, and but my my biggest I almost I think the Chiefs did really well in drafting later in the draft than what they drafted in the beginning because, you know, Trip McDuffie um, out of Washington, I know people had very high praise and, and a lot of uh, scouts really liked him. But when I really watch his film, he's a good corner, but I don't think he's anywhere near an elite NFL corner at all. And my thing is, he's going to be in division with the best receiver. He's playing Keelan Allen. He's playing De- Devontae Adams. Oh, he's yeah. going to he's gonna be guarding the best of the best in his division. And I really think he's going to have a lot of trouble at the first half of the season. So I, I if I were the Chiefs, I understand because it's a need. You got rid of Charvarius Ward. So, like, you have to – that's a need for the team. You have to replace it. But I think Trickman Duff is going to struggle a lot against Devontae Adams and I think he's going to struggle losing his Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I think those are different breeds of receivers this man has never witnessed before yet. And, you know, he, he might, hopefully he does some growing up and does better in the second half of the season because we know hopefully the Chiefs will, you know, everybody's banking on the Chiefs making the playoffs. So by the second half of the season, by playoffs, he's kind of grown up as a player. Just look at A.J. Tyrell you know, at the A.J. Tyrell kind of struck with the first half of the season when he was a rookie for the Falcons. But then the second half, he started playing pretty well. And then he's he's now developed into a very great corner. So hopefully Tripp McDuffie has the same arc as um, A.J. Tyrell. And then Brandon, Brian Cook. Brian Cook, like I said, ever since from Skymore to down, the Chiefs knocked it out the park. I think uh, uh, um, Brian Cook is an amazing Hard hitting safety. That is what they need. You know, if you really look, I think one of the weakest points in the uh, Chiefs secondary, or is that they weren't good tacklers in space. But Brian Cook's really a great tackler in space, and he let the um, he had like I mean over a hundred tackles at Cincinnati. He had a lot of wow. tackles. At Cincinnati. Yeah, he either had that or like ninety something. But um, he, he's a great tackler, so it's really going to solidify and them getting um, read from um, the Texans. That's a really good combo right there. So I think Brian Cook's going to come in, immediately make a difference for the team. And then every everyone else, I mean, honestly, like it just adds depth and, and was pretty solid picks from there on out.
0: All right, and that's the Chiefs. Now, last but not least, New York Jets, which – New York Jets picked up probably my favorite DB in the draft, Mr. Sauce <laughs> from Cincinnati. The man that played three years in college, uh, in three years in college at a high level, didn't give up a single touchdown and didn't give up a single pass more than 13 yards. Three years, three years straight. You're talking about a dog. So obviously they picked him up first. Um, they fairly even uh in terms of uh offense and defense uh, cuz you got uh receiver, DN, running back, tight end, o-line, DN. Um but the uh, to me for the Jets, I don't know how I like I obviously believe they get they for sure got better with the draft. My thing is uh with uh Garrett Wilson um uh, that they picked up a receiver I I don't know if they have the capabilities of utilizing the tools they picked up in the draft. I got to see it first. Me, Mm -hmm. me personally, I don't have anything against the Jets. I just don't know. I just don't know, man. Mm -hmm. To me, the Jets are one of those teams I have a question mark because I think the Jets are one of those teams they could pick up the best possible option offensively or defensively and when the season comes around, it
1: still might not matter. Yeah, but I don't um, know. Well, I I really think that's that. This is it's gonna be the that's gonna be really the question. Like, can can they utilize the talent they just acquired? But it's really gonna be on their quarterback, um, Zach Wilson. Um, it's kind of it, it reminds me of the same situation the Giants were in. A couple of years ago, when they had a draft and they had they they everybody was saying how great the Giants drafted, and how much talent they're bringing in they're doing such a good job at draft, but then it was like, can Daniel Jones use his weapons and can they actually utilize all their weapons and then we come to figure out they they couldn't right so it's like we well like we're in the same situation with the jets. oh well, they have all these weapons now they're they're drafting amazing, they're doing the right things. It's like now can they put it on the field and Execute, and so that's gonna be on Zach Wilson. Now, I for some reason I have I, I have more hope for Zach Wilson than uh, Daniel Jones. Um, yeah,
0: I do too. I do that, that's too. just
1: that's just me based off of like when I watched him in college, I re- I really thought he was a gunslinger. And at the Jets, you know, he you know he wasn't the best season last year. And I think the there's more pe- there's a lot of pieces to the Jets that need to be soft and and is the why they lost. I don't think it was all on Zach Wilson. But yeah, I think I think the Jets I I really love love the, the Jets. I really think the Jets have the best draft. I, out of any team, I think the Jets did the best um really with the value they got per pick. It's like there's teams that reach for players. I I think every single pick the Jets had, they never reached. They were always like stealing players. Like, oh, this person like when they were draft somebody I'd be like, "Oh, it's third round. Let's see who they draft. They're probably going to draft a good value pick or maybe reach or you just never know. No, it was like, oh, he stole. I was like, oh, wow, that was a great player. That like, why wasn't he taken earlier? And right. then the next pick, why wasn't that person taken earlier? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, small, they, most players they, kind of
0: fell into their lap.
1: Yeah. it and, and it was like, but, you know, and it wasn't like, because some people, they get the best value. So they don't They don't reach necessarily, or they get a value pick. They get the best player, right? But then it's like not a need. Like they'll get the best just
0: just getting the best available, not really, yeah, what they need.
1: But it was like they got the best player available, and they didn't reach. But at the same time,
0: it was a need.
1: It was a need. So like, okay, that's a plus plus. It's not because it's not like you have like the best offensive tackle in the NFL, and then you draft an offensive tackle that's really good. It's like okay, that's nice, but he's not gonna. He's not going to play like he's going to be a good he's going to be out a depth, a lot of a great depth and he's going to be a good depth piece. But like he's not going to play at all. But like the Jets is like, oh, no, you're getting an amazing player and he's going to play day one. And it's like the third round and you're just like, wow, like how are you getting starters or first round projected players in the third round? And it's a need you have. So like, well, yeah, when you really look at it, like a Sauce Gardner. Day one starter, I think Ahmad Sauce Garner is a generational corner talent. I think he's gonna be the next Jalen Ramsey. I I really think that he's gonna be that. When we look back, it's like, oh yeah, Ahmad Sauce Garner, yeah, he was, he was that man, like he was that dude, like in that 2022 draft class. <laughs> and Garrett Wilson, I think Garrett Wilson was the best receiver. I think Garrett Wilson reminds me of like the new type of receiver coming out. Like he reminds me of like a Jamar Chase. Uh, um um like a, a record-breaking type of receiver. Like, if any receiver were to break records this year, he, Garrett Wilson's going to be the one to do it. He's like a, a Jamar Chase or a um a Justin Jefferson type of receiver coming out where it's like, oh, yeah, we know he's going to be successful. It's not like, is he a bust or a f- is he going to be a bust or is he going to be successful? It's like, oh, we know he's going to be successful. Yeah. It's just how successful is he going to be. So, like, Garrett Wilson is that. And then you have uh, uh, Jermaine Johnson, who literally since – the end of the season has had the best draft process draft season out of any player in the country by far is dominated at the senior bowl. Uh, his pro day draft, like I'm talking about everything um, tested. Amazing has done amazing work. Like he's, he's yeah. He had the best draft process. So he's amazing. He's going to put in work day one Bryce Hall, which I think Bryce Hall is like the top, top he's top two running backs in the draft. This year, um, I had him ranked below uh uh Kenneth Walker, but he w- he's an amazing running back Is gonna do great for you coming out. Jeremy Rucker, you know, he's he's a solid tight end. He I really think he's the best blocking tight end. Uh um, well, actually, he's second, the guy out of uh Colorado State's number one. But he Jeremy uh uh Jeremy Rucker, he he's a really good tight end, he's playing a lot of big games. He, he's he played Ohio State, you know, he's very, you know, it's not like he's not playing great talent every year, uh, every year and every play. So he's done well in that. And then he's a very solid tight end. Like if you just keep going down the roster, um, like he's just, you know, you, there's no flaws in any pick they pick. So I think I think the Jets really did amazing. Now it's just about execution next year and see what they can do.
0: Yeah, they 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 do got you looking at the roster they picked up they, they got some they they were on point they're for sure on point now getting to the other side of the draft um what are I don't know if you have five but just what are a few teams or a couple teams that you noticed that I don't want to say lost the draft because I believe every I mean what team got didn't get that much got the least better is how I'll put it
1: <laughs> Yes. And so, honestly, this was very hard for me to decide because I feel like there's a lot of teams that were about the same that – and it was very hard because it was like they drafted, like, two people that – two or three people that were good that I really liked or there's one, two people that I really liked. But then, like, the rest I really necessarily didn't care for or – but, I mean, really off the top of my head, it's kind of hard. I would say the Jaguars, the Patriots – The Rams, by default, I mean, honestly, I don't blame – I'm not saying, oh, the Rams are terrible at making decisions in the draft. It's more that they didn't have any draft picks like that. Like, I think their first draft pick was in the third round. Um, And, you know, we all know the Rams don't – the Rams don't put any capital inside the draft. They get free agents. they just like, all right, we're just going to get free agents. That's how we're going to build our team is off of free agents. So I don't blame them for just getting rid of all their draft picks like – every single year and not them not having that many draft picks. But, you know, it, it seems like they, in their draft, it's more debt pieces. Like they're never saying we got to get this player because we need a need in our team or it's more like, Oh, we need this player on special teams or we need this player for the third string or second string spot. And so the Rams are in there. And then I'm really hesitant to say the Titans, even though I really want to put the Titans there because I don't think they have the strongest draft, but I, I, it would it would be wrong to say that their draft was terrible.
0: Well, we'll leave the Titans out because we'll just finish, <laughs> we're gonna finish the episode just on, oh, the, Titans. on the Titans. Okay, yeah. that's good. Okay, so I would just really
1: <laughs> say those three, off, I that are like it's it's a for sure. Okay, I know they're outliers and I know that they're 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 not as good as everybody. So the
0: Jags, Pats, and uh, Rams. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we're gonna go into those. I do want to note that the Minnesota Vikings were graded out the worst on uh uh sportsillustrated.com. Obviously, it's all opinionated, but just want to throw that out there. They had a D minus as the lowest grade, and they're the only one to grade out a D minus. But mm. let me find the notes on, here coming up, on the here we are, the pa- Patriots. So my thing with the Patriots, um, you know, Patriots are one of those teams. They're kind of like – I don't want to compare it to an NBA team. But the Patriots, to me, seem like a very small market in terms of trying to get superstars to go to that team. So if you look at usually, for the most part, they're usually good by either uh, getting by, – by the draft – you know, by developing and develop or developing players. So I'm interested to see what your take is on the Patriots because they pretty much live through the draft. Um, so I do know uh, their first overall pick was on offensive line, which I'm I'm not mad at that because they, they do want to, uh, you, you got to protect Mac Jones. I do think Mac Jones is going to be a great uh, system quarterback for for the Patriots. And a lot of the a lot of times where he struggled last year, he just didn't have the time to uh, to make reads and get the ball out quick. Because you know you're, you're replacing Tom Brady, who gets the ball out just about as quick as anybody else. It's him and Aaron Rodgers they get the ball out the quickest in the N- NFL. So they, all, I wasn't mad at the offensive line, and then they went and got uh, Thornton from a Baylor at receiver. So you then you give him um, a weapon to throw to, and then their their third pick was a cornerback because. I mean their defense they 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 really got to make moves on defense. So I'm interested to see what your take is on the on the Patriots.
1: Yeah, so I mean the Patriots, I mean Cole Strange at a UT chat. Um you know, I kind of liked it just because I'm from Tennessee, you know, but Oh yeah, I I saw <laughs> I saw the UT chat. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean I was, I'm going to be honest with you, probably nobody who was on watching the draft knew who that person was honestly i never even evaluated cole strange like but you know this is typical patriot stuff i mean patriots are going to select people you've never heard of probably from harvard they're going to be from like some d2 school like the, i they're they're going to draft you can't just mock their draft because it's not going to mock yeah. out how you're yeah. going to mock out but um yeah, I mean they do develop their players well. You are right. I think they do develop their player players well. So like when they do draft, I do take into notice that, hey, even if I evaluated them at this ranking, they're gonna improve a lot once they get right. to the Patriots, yeah. right? So, you know, I'm not really I'm not really hung hung up on the Cole Strange pick like some people would be. But my thing is with uh Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor, I, I really like Tyquan Thornton. I think he's very underrated. And I, I really like that pick. But the thing is, my thing is, and what I, mean, I kind of see the Patriots and building their roster is a little odd to me, is that I really feel like they don't, when it comes to the offense, now the defense is a different story, but when it comes to the offense, I feel like some players they get aren't the right players for the system. As system, in, I don't yeah. think Mac Jones has the biggest arm. I I really don't think Mac Jones has a lot of arm talent. I think Matt Jones' strength is he's very accurate. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's not going to turn the ball over a lot. And he's very smart with the football, right? But like Tywan Thornton is a very big deep threat type of receiver. So it's like I don't know if he's going to do well with paired with Matt Jones. And then when they go into free agency and get receivers, they get a lot of deep threat receivers – but I'm like, why are you getting all these deep that receivers when that's not the strength of your quarterback? You should get a lot of receivers that get yards after the catch, or zone at least possessional zone receivers, maybe, and then like receivers that do well in space. So I would try to put people more in space with Mac Jones with his talents and his abilities. I'd be hey, I'm trying to get people in space or at least work the medium to intermediate range of. Um, of the field when it comes to the passing attack. So I really don't know how that's going to work out. Now, Marcus Jones, I love that pick. Marcus Jones is going to be a Warner. great returner for you. He's going to do amazing for you in special teams. And I think he, he can develop into one, a really good corner. He's going to probably be learning with Malcolm Butler. And um, so that's going to be great. Cause Malcolm Butler is also a very a small corner. So him giving hints and telling him and, teaching him techniques of being a smaller guy in the NFL, I think that's going to be very beneficial. I think Marcus Jones has a very bright future ahead of him out of Houston. His, his tape is insane. It's sick. Um, and then I really don't understand the Pierre Strong Jr. Uh, take. Because honestly, I think Kevin Harris is is low-key better than Pierre Strong Jr. But Pierre Strong Jr. obviously has better tape because he plays at South Dakota State, and he's not playing great competition. But I really, I really don't understand that. Especially when the Patriots, why would you draft two running backs when you already kind of have a very great running back already? And then the Bailey Zappi pick makes zero sense because now you have a year one quarterback and then you're drafting Bailey oh, Zappi. Yeah, yeah, that, that didn't make, make sense. That doesn't, that, that I feel bad. I feel really bad for Bailey Zappi because I was really high on Bailey Zappi and I really wanted him to get on a team that he has a potential to play at. But like now he's, his whole career is going to be a backup. Unless, unless uh Mac Jones just plays terrible, or he gets he gets hurt or something, but yeah, I mean, he is pretty much yeah. You're getting drafted to be a backup your whole career, but I mean, that made zero sense to me. It's just a lot of things that don't really make sense or doesn't really jive well with their draft picks. Besides Marcus Jones and uh, Cole Strange, like I'm, I'm just like, uh, I mean, I don't think they're gonna make an impact. Soon, or it's just like they, they really are not the scheme fit or great scheme fit for what they're doing or what they should be doing for the future of the team.
0: Yeah, the, the quarterback one didn't make sense at all. Uh, but now moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Jacksonville Jaguars, let's see. They were... Uh, pretty much heavy, heavy defense for the most part. Um, they took, uh, they had the number one overall pick and took the uh, Trayvon Walker DN from Georgia. Uh, probably uh, not, probably an immediate, uh, an immediate play guy for you. And they took linebacker. They took two linebackers and two defensive back, two corners. Um, so they went heavy. Uh, they went heavy defense, and then they also took a, a center. Running back and yeah, they only took a center and a running back for offensive. Um, so I'm interested to hear what you got to say about the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Well, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you look at their first three rounds, they actually did a solid job. I think I think uh Trayvon Walker out of Georgia is gonna is gonna be a great pick. And then uh Devin Lloyd out of Utah is an amazing pick, and I think he's a great fit for their scheme and what they do on defense, probably uh and is a great replacement for Miles Jack. Um, because Mal Jack was awful last year. Honestly, Davis Lloyd is going to be way better than Miles Jack. I think he was great at like worst linebacker in of the year last year. But and then Luke Faulkner out of Kentucky, he's solid. I, I don't think I don't think he's anything amazing or extravagant, but you know, he he's a solid third-round pick. Um, but I I my biggest gripe with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars is that they first of all they they really didn't add any weapons for uh uh for uh trevor lawrence like yeah, it's that's like exactly where,
0: that's exactly what they didn't draft a single uh receiver
1: or even like, or even a tight end yeah it's like what what do you from this draft as a jackson uh jacksonville fan like what do you have for to look to to improve the offense last year which was like wasn't abysmal but like it's not taking a step. It's not even taking. (laughs) I (laughs) mean, they had they they had they had some bright they had some flashes last year. Yeah, but it's like okay, like it's not that it's it's like I wouldn't think this draft was terrible if you were a team that didn't have that many needs. Like if you're a team that was like, let's say the Colts, or if you're the team like the Rams, or if you you know what I'm saying, if you're a team like uh, the Chargers, this draft wouldn't be eye-opening to me I'd be like okay it wasn't the best draft it wasn't worse it was just like okay decent but you're the Jacksonville Jaguars you have a lot of things because if you look at the Jets you look at the Lions you look at the Giants all three of those teams added a lot of value in the draft and made a lot of big moves and, and 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 really tried their hardest to get more talent speed strength on their team but when I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars it's like you're you in that conversation with the Giants, the Jets and the Lions. You're in that type of rebuild mode, but it seems like you're not really doing you really didn't do anything this draft. Like you yes, you added a, a couple like two or three pieces. Like yeah, that's cool and all, but like it needs to be at least like your first five your first five or six picks. I need to be like, yeah, that's good value. That they're going to make a difference on the team. That's good value. You know what I'm saying? It was like, okay, there's like two or three and like that's it. Like, you need a lot more going on that you have to do as a team to even be talking about not being the first round, the first pick next year. Like, you could easily be terrible again next year, especially with the Texans improving their team a lot better than the Jaguars are. I, I yeah, I mean, we'll see, but I think the Jaguars, what they have going for them is they got a good coach now. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they. But I, I really don't see them from this draft uh, really being any better next year that much.
0: Yeah, I, I was I thought for sure they, especially with this heavy receiver or it seemed like a heavy receiver draft, I thought for sure they're going to at least get a receiver to help, Uh, you know, just uh, an explosive down, downfield receiver to help out Trevor Lawrence or to give him a, a weapon. So going on before we get to the team to talk about it, LA Rams. So the LA Rams, uh, just some notable draft pickup. up. They picked up four defensive backs, two corners, and uh, two safeties. Uh, their first pick they picked up was a Logan Bruss out of Wisconsin. And they did pick up uh, a couple of offensive linemen and a linebacker. So primarily heavy on the defense, uh, while also picking up some some guys to, to protect Mr. Uh, oh man, why is his name escaping me? Help me out, Matt Stafford. Oh my goodness, Matt Stafford. Matt yeah. Stafford, yes, <laughs> so uh, I interested this here. What your take is on the the Rams?
1: Well, um, I mean, Logan Logan Bruss is is solid. Um, you know, he had a very long career. He played a lot of games. I think he had three hundred fifty two career snaps. So there's a guy who has a lot of experience. Is, is very smart. Um, and he's played in the Big Ten. You know, it's never it's never that bad to draft the Big Ten uh, offensive linemen. He's played a lot of games. Usually, that's a good turnout at the end of the day. But when I really look at this draft, I mean, I don't really want to harp on it too much. Mostly because I, I mean, they they're good. They're, they they got their master. They, they don't have a lot of needs. Yeah, they they I, I yeah they don't they don't have a lot of needs like that at all. And I think this, this draft is just special team players and, and adding depth to, to positions. I, I, that's what my take is on it, really.
0: Yeah. You, you know, usually the, the Super Bowl team don't have too many needs to fill. and It's just more adding depth. Or if they have guys uh, traded or leave uh, leaving, it's just to fill those positions. I now, mean, we
1: can talk about the Vikings if you want to. The See? Vikings? Yeah, we can talk about the Vikings. You since said they rated rate the worst. All right, well, let's Just, pull yeah. up the Vikings. So now,
0: Minnesota Vikings. I don't even know where to begin. Even though <laughs> uh, the deep corner out of uh, Missouri got drafted, Miz, shout out. But uh, yeah, let me hear your take on the Minnesota Vikings because they they. They graded out at a D minus, but it does seem. Looking at uh, who they draft, or again, looking at when I look at the draft, I don't necessarily obviously feel like the first three rounds. I look at who they're drafting, but when I look at the overall draft from my eyes, I look at what positions do they need? Are they filling the positions? And looking at the positions that they drafted, they they're you know they filled a lot of needs. They got tight ends. Offensive linemen, receivers, defensive ends, corners, linebackers, um, safeties. So, you know, you're talking about a team that has a lot of needs. It seemed like they tried to obtain those needs. So what's your, what's your take on the Minnesota Vikings?
1: Yes, And also, I want to say, I think when I mentioned the... Uh, when I mentioned the NFC North, I left out the Vikings. So I know the Vikings are in the NFC North. Just I know someone's going to be like, yo, you left them out. But yeah, uh, so... Yeah, I would say here's the thing. I I know they're ranked the worst, but my own personal opinion is that they had a decent draft. I don't think it was I don't really think it should be ranked that bad, honestly. Uh, yeah, I was going to say
0: I don't, I don't think they had the worst draft.
1: Yeah. And and that's one of the reasons why I didn't mention them when I brought up the outliers of what I kind of looked at them and saw, oh yeah, that's I know for sure they're pro- they're in the bottom 5. But and I, why I did not include the Vikings because you're right I can I understand why they are ranked the lowest, or why someone would rank them lowest, because I definitely think Lewis out of uh, Georgia, the safety out of Georgia, he's 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 not the best. Say he doesn't really pop out when you turn on his film. That like, oh yeah, he's definitely like a first round right. pick.
0: They, they picked up take. guys. They picked up guys early when they could have got them later.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean I feel like. I feel like he was probably gonna leave the board in the second round, but it was one of those players where I think he was more of a bust player. Like I think he's gonna be, uh, I could see him being a bust in the NFL, and it's not. And I see certain things like I think Nick Cross is better than him, and Nick Cross got picked later, like just because I I feel like Nick Cross is a great safety when I put on his film. But you know, and then Andrew Booth, I think Andrew Booth was one of the overrated corners I think Andrew Booth is solid though he has a good frame he's very strong corner you know he's gonna come up and tackle um but I just really don't see Andrew Booth being a very uh uh, a very good coverage corner like an elite coverage corner in the NFL but I think he's gonna I think Andrew Booth is a very solid two on a team or maybe three corner but um and then but I I mean I do really like some picks they have. Like Ed Ingram, Ed Ingram's a beast at the at guard. Like Ed Ingram's going to Ed Ingram's going to be amazing in the NFL. Um and that's a good solid pickup for the Vikings, especially cuz they run the ball so much with Davin Cook, but like you said, um, then they picked up Ty Chandler, who's a gr- he's going to be a great second string running back for the Vikings. Ty Chandler's uh he he rushed for a lot of yards at North Carolina. If you put it on North Carolina games, he to me he really low key carried that team because he would run the ball and get a lot of rushing yards. He would get like a hundred rushing yards, and then um and then the quarterback would they would, North Carolina would just do RPOs all the time. Most and why they were so successful at it and pretty much made the quarterback at North Carolina's career was his name uh How or Sam Sam Cow. I I don't know if I butchered his name, but um. We made his whole careers because people all their safeties. You watch this film, they would be in the box because Ty Chandler was running, averaging like six yards per carry, and then they would just RPO go deep ball, and then they would that's how they won games pretty much. That was their offensive scheme. But uh Ty, I really like Ty Chandler at second string. And but my thing is the Vikings, you're correct. You hit it right on the nose when you said that they filled a lot of their needs. My thing is. Yes, they drafted their needs, but I feel like they didn't get a lot of value oh, in, the right. in that position in that position they draft for their needs. Cause I, I feel like we all know that they need corners, but it's like their supposedly best corner they drafted, Andrew Booth, is not even a number one corner on the team, like on the team. Right. Like he's not even a number one corner. But you know, and then with uh Patrick Peterson uh aged is you know, obviously Patrick Peterson is not in his prime right now and his aging. But the only good thing to say is that they play in a bad division. And so they might be able to work with this draft class and still be pretty good. Yeah. And it's not like the uh, Packers have just a boatload of receivers, you know?
0: Yeah, at all. <laughs> so so it's, it's,
1: it's, it's like, okay, they can work with this and they drafted their needs, but is not the most isn't they don't have like extremely high value on every single need pick they have so that's why they're there. Yeah it
0: makes sense makes sense again you know this is just force illustrated uh rankings that I was looking at. Now last but not least we gotta get to the team of of the most importance.
1: <laughs>
0: we gotta talk about the Tennessee Titans because and you talk. You talk about. You know, I've done an in-depth analysis of uh, this past off-season of Titans, uh, what they need, the rankings by position, and all that good stuff. And you know, I'm thinking we're going to have a decent draft. And we shock the entire world and trade the best receiver we've had in decades, in over a decade, AJ Brown. Trade him to the. Uh, Eagles, right?
1: Or was Yes, it- we traded. Yes, we went to the
0: Eagles. so to the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, and I was upset. We pick up, but let's get to draft picks. We obviously you trade you tra- if you trade the best you've had in decades. I mean, he missed how he missed a handful of games last year and still had almost a thousand yards receiving. So you're talking about production. He played a lot of games hurt, but they obviously picked up Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, receiver. You got to replace your number one receiver with the best receiver you could possibly get. Uh, but I'm not going to lie, though. The rest of the draft, I'm not, again, Kylan Ky- can, can, can go in on who specifically they picked up. But uh, And since I wasn't able to see the later rounds, I was just, at a, my uh, T, You know, T was filling me in on who we we're picking up. And he was saying, and I was asking what position, what position, what position. Because I'm just seeing if we're filling the positions we need. And I know for the problem we've been having for the past couple of seasons, it's getting us a solid lockdown corner. Now, I don't know much about Roger uh, McCarriary. No,
1: M- McCary.
0: McCary, uh, McCary. But corner out of Auburn. We picked up a corner. We got McCreary. us. Uh,
1: That's what it is. McCary. Sorry.
0: We picked up a corner. We uh, We got an offensive tackle. Um, Malik, Willis. It, well, I want you to talk on that because now that gets interesting to me. It gets real interesting to me because I think he's we talk about who could be QB number one going in halfway through the season. It becomes that that definitely started interest that interest, interested me. Then we picked up a tight end, uh, running back. We all know, you know, this running back is just adding depth to the running back position. Uh, We did pick up Kyle uh, Phillips from UCLA late in uh, round five. And then we picked up some more defense uh, safety from Tennessee and uh, Campbell linebacker from Ole Miss. So what is your breakdown analysis of the Tennessee types?
1: Well, I'll say this. You know what? Before I even do anything, man. i'll just address the malik willis i'll, I'll address your what about that so malik malik willis um by far has the highest ceiling out of any quarterback in the nfl draft now i will say this i think kenny pickett is was the best quarterback in the draft and i know a lot of people were harping on kenny pickett and even and the pittsburgh steelers draft class is an amazing case study like it's very. That's a. I think they have really one of the most interesting draft classes, and so. But Kenny Pickett, I think that because Kenny Pickett is, I feel like Kenny Pickett is the most ready to play right now, because he's very mature, he's older, he's played a lot of college football, and I think with his weapons, he he has a lot of things that will actually translate translate well to the NFL, especially in the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, which is going to have a good run attack with Najee Harris, and he has a lot of weapons. So, nothing can you pick it. But Malik Willis has one of the highest ceilings out of any qu- quarterback in this draft class. And I think this is the best position Malik for Malik-, uh, Malik Willis to be on the Titans. And I think this is a great move by the Titans because everybody that really studied the Titans and mock draft them because I mock draft the Titans probably like four or five different times throughout since February until the draft. And every single time I've had them picking up a quarterback, everybody's had them picking up a quarterback. I had them picking up Carson Strong or uh, even Bailey Zappi because everybody knew that the Titans needed to draft the quarterback to have competition with Ryan Tannehill and light a fire under Ryan Tannehill because that's going to breed competition. This is going to make him right. better in the offseason. Brian Tannehill can't be like, all right, I'm going to just chill this offseason or come into training camp and be like, well, I'm the guy. I'm still going to be the guy. You know, obviously I have to work hard because, you know, of of the past two years, you know, I haven't been the greatest in the playoffs. Like he kind of knows that. But it's a difference between like motivating yourself because, okay, I got to do this to get better for myself. It's a difference between that than being motivated. Like if I don't do well, I will lose my job. That's a different right. type of motivation. Right, yeah. So everybody knew the Titans were going to get a quarterback, but no one knew they were going to get the caliber caliber and value of a quarterback like Malik Willis. Now and they got him late. Yes, exactly, and he slipped, which was perfect. It was a perfect situation for the Titans. But here's the thing. Malik Willis is not going to start his first year. He's just not going to start. And – The only way possible Malik Willis is going to start is if either A, Ryan Tannehill turns the ball over next year. Now, if Ryan Tannehill just starts throwing interceptions left and right, they're going to put Malik Willis in. You know, we've seen this happen, especially with uh, Mike Variable. He did the same thing with Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota was making a lot of turnovers. They brought in Ryan Tannehill from Miami, and Ryan Tannehill had an amazing preseason, had an amazing camp, and and Everybody was saying how great he was on the team. So when when Marcus Mariota was struggling, even though Marcus Mariota was the guy, the franchise guy, Mike Vrabel don't care about that. Mike Vrabel only care about winning games. And so if the only way Ryan Tannehill can lose his job year one is if he turns the ball over a lot, which is very unlikely because there's only you only can turn the ball over so much with the offense that runs the ball so much. Like if you run the ball all the time, it's harder to throw interceptions than if you're passing the ball 50 times a game. So Malik Willis is going to sit out his first year, and he might even sit out his second year. But then eventually when Ryan Tannehill's tenure contract's over, we all know Malik Willis is going to come in, step in, and play. Now, this is perfect for him because he can be set up like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, sit out a couple years, learn the offense, uh, get used to things, and then, um, then he comes in and plays. Now, here's the thing. I think from this draft class, I think the Titans are doing something where I don't really know. I really think they might be trying to thinking about changing how they work the offense, mostly because I think they see the Bills, they see the Chiefs, all these teams in the AFC, and how successful they are and how they get to the Super Bowl. They're teams that pass the ball a lot, have really dynamic uh, quarterbacks that have great arm talent. Malik Willis has all of that, But how can you utilize that to the fullest extent? You're going to have to start passing the ball more. But it's like you have Derrick Henry and Malik Willis. It would be interesting to see how they're going to try to make both of those things work at the same time. And so, you know, I, I think eventually this is great for the Titans to get Malik Willis. Now, with the Titans draft overall, I think it's very highs and lows. It's very inconsistent. And I think to the average Titans fan or the average viewer or even fans that are not Titans fans, they're just NFL fans, they look at the Titans draft, you're going to see some people say, oh, this was an amazing draft by the Titans. And you're going to see some people say, this was a terrible draft by the Titans. But if you really look at it and you really evaluate and put everything in context of the history of the Titans and where the Titans are currently and what they their plans moving forward, it's really a decent draft. It's not yeah. bad. That's it's what I was thinking. It was decent. Sort. But I wouldn't say it's amazing, mostly because you get rid of A.J. Brown and you pick up tra- uh, Traylon Burks. And my thing is, I don't even think Traylon Burks would have been picked before that they- we could have gotten him at, like, the 26th pick. I don't even think we need to trade it up to get Traylon Burks. But maybe we did. I mean, I don't know. I'm not – that That's room. that's
0: the biggest problem. I, I agree. That's why I was really upset about who they picked. Uh, so, obviously, the A.J. thing being traded, I was upset. Then with the with their first round pick, they picked up Traylon Burks again. I I think he's a great receiver, but I think if we if we had just used our second round pick, we I think he still would have been on the board. So then you have AJ Brown and Burks exactly. Oh, that's and, what we could have had.
1: And and my thing was we don't the Titans don't have a lot of they don't have a big receiver. Uh, uh, core as in they need more depth at the receiver in the receiving core because we saw when Julio Jones went down and we saw when AJ Brown got hurt in the season, we had zero receivers like, we had no receivers at all. We had a uh, Westbrook. Westbrook, we had a Keenum yeah. Westbrook, and like that was our best receiver. A Re- Keenum, a Keenum Westbrook would be a practice squad player on some NFL teams' rosters. I'm telling you, like, if you were to go on a, um, if he was on Cincinnati Bengals, he would be literally a practice squad player. And like, so it's like, and but he's our best starting receiver at one point in the season. So it's like we need he's so much depth. Well he's our
0: best starting receiver right now because he's the only receiver we resigned. We got Ray Julio and AJ.
1: Right. But now we have Traylon. But my thing is Traylon Burks now, and what I kind I kind of feel bad for him because Traylon Burks is a good receiver. He's a good receiver and I think Traylon Burks has a very high ceiling, but I also thought the same thing about Corey Davis when he came out. And so I don't know how well the Titans can develop receivers. Yeah. And historically the Titans have really been the best at developing receivers, but he does have a high ceiling and he is, some people say a AJ Brown clone because they have very, they have very similar measurables, but My thing is, Traylon Burks can come in and do well. I have no idea. He could come in and do very average. He could come in and do bad. Or he could come in and have a great season. I have no idea. Now, he has the potential to do great, and he has the potential to do bad. Now, we're going to see. But it is putting a lot of pressure on a young receiver. Now, like like Garrett Wilson, I know he's going to come in. He's going to do great. But Traylon Burks... It's like, I don't know. He could be a bust. He could be great. Like, it's really a very risky decision. Now, Roger McCrary, um, he, he's a great – I think he's probably – he was probably top two best SEC cornerbacks in the SEC. He's been that for the past two years, honestly. Roger McCrary, uh, he's a great cornerback, and he, add, he adds a lot of depth to the cornerback room. Right now, the, the Titans cornerback room is amazing. They're amazing. Now, I will say this. they It's like they have, like, three number two corners or, like, four number two corners. Now, Caleb Farley, we have to see what's in next. Now, this pick, a lot of people said because of this pick, obviously, the they said something must be wrong with Caleb Farley because they said, oh, this pick shows that they have no confidence that Caleb Farley is going to do good next year. But it might not be the case. Maybe they just want to add more depth to the right. cornerback room because there's nothing, honestly, if you want to add more depth, adding more depth to offensive line and then adding depth to the DB room, there's no, you can never go wrong with that because the DB room, if someone gets hurt and you ain't got no depth, you're losing games, period. Point blank, period. You're going to lose games because you're going to get bombed on. Like, right? So, I, I mean, I like the pick. It's a great value, you know, solid. And then, but Nicholas uh, Petit Ferrer at Ohio State, he is not a left tackle. He would never, if he's ever a left tackle in the NFL, something has drastically went wrong with the Titans and yeah, Ryan Tannehill's is going to have one second or two seconds to pass the ball, but he is definitely a right tackle. He's a project offensive tackle. And I think it's, they try, they're going to try in about a year or two make him the starting right tackle for the team. Um, he's going to be a good death piece for the team, even though I really think we still need help at that right tackle position. That was our weakest position on the offensive line of last year but maybe he'll make it better. We will see. Hopefully he he does. And um, Haskins, uh, Hassan Hask- Haskins is an amazing pickup for the Titans. I think he's going to be a great number two running back behind Derrick Henry. And he kind of replaces uh, um, uh, Foreman last year. I think that's a great replacement for Foreman for last year. Um, and then Kyle Phillips. Kyle F- I love that pick by the Titans. Kyle Phillips. In the draft process, a lot of people – he had to probably – at the slot receivers, he probably had the best slot receiver draft process. And I think he's he's probably – he is, like, one of the best slot receivers. And I think he's going to that – that is a pick that's going to add add more depth to the receiving core that the Titans need. But I just wish that Traylon Burks and we could have got Kyle Phillips. That would have been, like, really made me feel great about the receiver room for the Titans. But yeah, that is major. a great – yeah, Kyle Phillips yes. is an amazing slot receiver. He 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 hasn't he probably has one of the best route running you could possibly have at slot receiver and he was great for UCLA. But um yeah, so like like I said, like just hear me explain it. It's like a lot of ups and downs, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think this draft class is really a draft class for the future and I really don't think this draft class makes the Titans better next year i think this like if i looked at this draft class by the titans i would say the draft i would think the titans went like four only won four or five games last year and they're trying to rebuild the team but that's not what they're trying to do they're trying to win a super bowl they're trying to win the division they're trying to win the aoc championship game and this draft class doesn't reflect it that's why i say it was average and not not one of the better draft classes for the titans
0: yeah, it, to, to me, it, it started off rough. But then, you know, as it went, I was okay. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I guess we do need an offensive tackle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and we really, I mean, we, we I mean, I would have liked another interior off. I would have liked the interior offensive lineman in there. But. Hey. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's all, folks. Uh, we went through. Pretty much, obviously, we didn't have, we don't have time to go through all 32 teams, but we kind of went over our our uh, most improved or teams that got the better the most, and our team the teams that just didn't necessarily get better, but maybe just filling some needs. And we went over the hometown, and so uh, great uh, collab podcast. So uh, if you're listening on IB Talks, this is also going to be on our brother's podcast uh, Verse. And
1: if you're, you know,
0: and then, yeah, go go ahead and talk to you to the people listening on the on the verse, man.
1: Yes, verse. Um, yeah, I know I've been I've been gone for a little minute. Uh <laughs> took I took a week off. I had um I'm finishing I actually my last week of classes are this week. So I'm finishing up my MBA. So I graduate uh May 7th, this this very soon. I think this upcoming Saturday, something like that. Next yeah, Saturday. I, I've been very busy with finishing up, doing final projects and all that stuff. So, you know, after I graduate, I'll have so much more time to um, really delve more into the podcast. And I know I have some things going on and, and finding me and finance or uh, uncle strip. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, got some plans in the works. Uh, we're, we're starting kind of a discord together as well. Getting, in, um, We're pretty much going to be be, more active and I'm going to be more active when it, in regards to social media and stuff. Thanks everybody from VG nation. We finally got more, uh, over 1000 followers on Twitter. So I really appreciate that. Um, and I look forward to making more podcasts. With y'all. Yeah, man. Uh, drop
0: your socials, drop your socials for the VG nation. Yeah. Hey man, you gonna drop your socials?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. My fault. My fault. <laughs> yeah, you them, no, yeah. uh, so my Twitter, my, my Twitter is, uh, verse 615 so v-e-r-s-e 615 yeah you can get my sports takes on that
0: yeah y'all heard that and then for the ivy talks listeners the twitter is is just the uh, ivy talks podcast it's the same for instagram y'all heard it here uh stay tuned for more from vg nation verse and more from ivy talks we'll catch you guys next time